Why do you have it labeled as chapter 17? Because it's chapter 17. It's not. You're right. Last one we got. It's like last one was chapter 16. I have I have a record of this. Can you can you cross out that number right yeah. there for me with your pen? Yeah. Welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing chapter 17 of The Lightning Thief. This chapter is called We Shop for Waterbeds. I'm just some nereid uh, off the uh, coast of the, uh, you know, Santa Monica Pier, mm-hmm. and also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host. I'm just a jaded cab driver. Yeah. Heading to LA. Cool. Also known as Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I was talking to the listeners. Oh. <laughs> we said, hi, Chris. Welcome to the show. So you can understand how I'd be confused. I said, hi, Chris. And then I said, welcome to the show. I thought that was a comma, not a period. <laughs> I was welcoming you to the show. And then I was realizing it was dumb to try to welcome you to the show since you're one of the hosts. Yep. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thanks. <laughs> Only, uh, it's only been two weeks since we've done this. It's not like we're oh, It's only completely... two in the afternoon. You'd think I'd be a little more awake right now. One would think. Yeah. You haven't had caffeine today, though, so. Yes, but I haven't had caffeine for a year. That's a bit of an exaggeration. No, I, I have not consistently drank caffeine for over a year. Yeah. I have had caffeine probably ten times in the last year. You're still going. Yeah. You're doing great. Proud of you. To what end, sir? <laughs> How do we start this podcast, Kristen? <laughs> we banter. Okay. Did we, did we see previous examples? And then we do our bullet point summaries. So cool. um, as you and I are reading through chapter 16, uh, we took some bullet points of a plot summary for the chapter, and each of us did our own. Would you like to read yours first, or shall I read mine? Uh, I can go ahead and read mine, since yours is probably more... Um, Mine's less whimsical, you mean? Yeah, yours is more descriptive and accurate as to what the chapter actually contains. All right. So here is mine. Annabeth is afraid. School metaphors. Road trip trauma. Water ladies back. Pearls of wisdom? Question mark? Poseidon doesn't have time for a phone call? Really? Barbara Walters' shade is thrown. (laughs) The sword really doesn't harm morals. Are there any normal businesses? Any at all? This whole scene is uncomfortable. These puns slay me. <laughs> all right. There you go. I'll go ahead and read mine. Okay. Taxi to Los Angeles. Lotus card still works outside. Santa Monica Pier. Percy walks into the ocean and talks with the Nereid from the Mississippi. She gives three gifts and tells him to follow his heart. Bus driver pays just the right amount of attention. Bus to nowhere in particular. Wandering to nowhere in particular. Wandering around, a group chase them into the bed store. These kids are kind of oblivious to creatures. Why didn't... Grover didn't smell crusty? Percy cuts Krusty's head off. Map to Hades. Cool. Uh, so, as you can tell, it's an interesting chapter. Yeah. Uh, so, we open up with um, We're Annabeth's still idea. We're still yep. Yep. And Annabeth has the idea to uh, summon a taxi and try to take a taxi to Los Angeles, even though they're not aware that they have any money. How do, we, is... how do we summon taxis? What do we put in the pentacle of our summoning circle? Well, I, I've been told in New York you just have to, like, stand on the street corner and raise your arm up, and one will just come by. In Vegas, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, pretty sure taxis don't really exist outside New York anymore anyway, so. I mean, they do. There are taxi, there's a taxi company in that city I used to work in. Somehow. Yeah. Don't know how they're surviving in the days of Uber and Lyft and 
all those things. Yeah. Uh, but they hail a taxi uh, without knowing that they actually have money to pay for a fare. Risky move. Yep. Uh, so they get in. Uh, Annabeth's just like, hey, by the way, you take casino debit cards? I've never gone to Vegas, so I'm just going to admit that um, in the podcast here. So I'm not aware this is even a thing that exists. Like, are casino-specific debit cards, like, a thing? I don't know. I mean, I would assume that there is some format of not having to carry around your money. Like, yeah, that the whole reason that chips are used at tables is to avoid yeah. any cash on the floor. Yeah, I would just assume they didn't work outside the casino. That'd be kind of weird. Yeah, except but, that if you're if you won a hundred thousand dollars at a casino, yeah, I guess that's true. They're they can like, they can treat it like they're a bank, and you can use a card against that account money. Okay, they don't just hand you a briefcase full of cash. I mean, usually <laughs> not. Crazy. There goes that heist plan that I had cooking. Also, that said, um, the reading audience of this book. What is their understanding of casino debit cards? Probably not great. Your uh, current audience versus audience of the time. Uh-huh. What are their understanding of casino debit cards? Because, like, now it may not even be a thing. Yeah. You may be able to just, like, direct deposit into your Venmo or whatever. Probably. Like, uh, this is... Uh, anyway, it's just... It, it's a way for them to have money. Yes. It's a, it's a little bit of a deus ex. Well, they, they found the infinite money hack in real life. Like, uh, you know, apparently if you somehow manage to escape the Lotus Hotel and Casino, you get infinite money yeah. if you hang on to one of these cards because it works outside. Um, but does it work everywhere? Like, do they do they continue to use this throughout the rest? Of, like, did, it, it seems like they get uh, there. They, they drive all the way there. They have no, like, comment about eating anything. Yeah. And that's like a six-hour drive. Yeah. To Santa Monica, depending on time of day, it could be an eight-hour drive. I mean, they're in a hurry. It says it says they're going 95 the whole way there. So. Yes, but people go 95 all the, the whole way there and still takes four hours. Yeah. Like, if you take Parablossom Highway out to Vegas, uh, going 95, you will catch air because the road uh, is like a sine wave. And um, This local knowledge is why, yeah. we, uh, <laughs> why we need you here, Kristen. <laughs> But you can do it in four hours from the town we live in, which requires going through L.A. Mm -hmm. to get there. Yeah. You could do it in four hours at 95 miles an hour. I know people who have done that. Yeah, Kristen knows people who have I done it. I know people who have done that. <laughs> I've never done that because every trip I've taken to Vegas was in like an 18-passenger van. Yeah. Not in a small car. A 15-passenger van. Not 18. <laughs> Important oh. detail. It's just... It's, <laughs> Wouldn't want to mislead the sounds listeners. right, but it's a 15-passenger van. Well, it's 14 passengers and a driver. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. So, so they're speeding off toward L.A. Yeah, so they're just going. Uh, and they specifically tell the driver if they get him there, uh, if they get them there fast. Um, he can keep he the can, change. What, is, what, what does, does that mean, mean with a debit card? What does that mean? Yeah. Did she just give him infinite money? Yeah. Like, what, just like did she it, leave the card with him? What this, was that? This cab driver is now set for life. He's yeah. just, all right, one last ride. We're done. Yep. I have infinite money now. Yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> also, how does the Lotus Cash work with, like, the U.S. banking system? Like, it's a whole... Yeah. There's a lot and, of questions that are unanswered here. how does here. an infinity symbol just pop up on the card reader? Yeah. Like... Really, like, they. there's a lot of plot holes right away in this chapter. But anyway... Uh, as they're going, Percy has time to tell them about this other dream that he had. Yes, who is, uh, which he barely remembers because he had it before they went into the Lotus. Yep, which uh, he's he's forgotten a, a few very important details. Very important, <laughs> yes. Uh, because he was just like, oh yeah, I heard them refer to this person or thing in Hades by a title. And Annabeth, what, like, what are the title? Is it, 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 and she sorry. throws out some titles for Hades. Like, she throws out right away some titles for Hades. Was it this? Was it this? Yeah. Uh, and he was just like, maybe. Don't know. Uh, probably something else. Uh, what was it? What? What? Do we remember what Percy forgot? It was the crooked one, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it was the crooked one. Cool. So it's not a name for Hades, as we knew previously from looking that up earlier. Um, but Annabeth is V-concerned. Yes, because she starts to realize that it could be the crooked one. It could be the Titan. Yeah. And she is unwilling to share the potential risk of that because she is just like, no, it has to be Hades. Yeah. 
so apparently that would be a huge problem. Uh, like I don't I don't know like power scaling if a Titan is like that much worse than what it you know if it had been Hades would that be easier to deal with than yeah, than I a mean, Titan? We also have the voice that he's forgotten that seemed familiar. Yep, could be anybody. Who knows? I mean, even at the time though, he didn't know who that was, so it's yeah. not like he's lost anything uh, of note there. Uh, they talk more about how this scheme could possibly work. Percy mentions the fact that the voice in the underworld mentions two items. So there's the master bolt and something else. Who yeah. knows Which what else. we asked all these same questions in the last episode. Yeah. So they basically have the same conversation that we did, but in the book. Whoa. It's very, uh, what's the opposite of meta? <laughs> um. uh, <laughs> internal. Yeah. Uh, so that happens. Um, and then they cross over into California. Uh, there's this line that I like. It's not my favorite sentence, but it's like, I got the feeling I was missing one simple critical piece of information. Just one. Just one. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That was it. We don't know. We don't know what the second object is. We don't know who's speaking. We can't remember his title. And we also, um, you know, just... But there's one key that pulls this. Yeah. Somehow got free money to, like, to, yeah, anyway, out of Vegas. Yeah. Uh, so they get into California, head to Santa Monica. Looks exactly the way LA beaches do in the movies. Yep. You know, smells awful though. Homeless folk everywhere. Uh, surfer dudes, you know, LA. Yep. <laughs> Cause I know you've been to Venice beach, but have you actually been to the beach in Santa Monica? Yes. I have walked directly by the Santa Monica pier. I have, uh, I probably technically stood on the pier, just not in the part that has all the rides and stuff that you have to pay to go down to. We did do that. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, I have been on that pier in a very technical kind of way. Yeah. Uh, but they get there, and I wanted to talk about this passage because I think maybe there's something there. The Pacific was turning gold in the setting sun. I thought about how long it had been since I'd stood on the beach at Montauk on the opposite side of the country looking out at a different sea. Yeah. So, are the oceans like a metaphor for his journey here? I think like, it's part of it. Like, he's he's starting on one ocean and ending at the other. Yeah. But, at the end of the day, it's still the same body of water, technically. And, and so it he's, still falls under Poseidon. Yeah, and he has this moment of being like, how could I be the son of somebody who's powerful enough to control this, you know, basically the whole world? Yeah. Like... He, he feels very small in the face of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then he jumps in the ocean. No, he just walks in. Yeah. Well, he... Annabeth's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, mm, no big deal. He just, he doesn't answer. He doesn't tell them. He doesn't tell them what he's doing, nope. what he's planning, what how long he should be gone. He just <laughs> walks into the water, completely ignoring the fact that he is just leaving people. What, like, they can't protect him in there. Like... This is a whole other, like, St. Louis arch. Yeah. Like, he is just walking in there alone. But also, he's Poseidon's kid, and this is probably the safest place he could possibly be. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm not arguing that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you know, he doesn't even say anything to them. He just walks in. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes on a little magical journey. Yes. Uh, he so, wanders in, and this little <laughs> shark comes up and nuzzles him, and he grabs onto its fin, and... Just gets dragged to the edge of the drop-off at the edge of the shore. Yeah. Like, there's a very dramatic one off the California coast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, those aren't familiar with the topography of the area. Like, the the water's, like, I don't know, like, 50, 100 deep, feet deep out for a while until it just drops off into, like, a 2,000-foot, like, seafloor. So, we learned about this going out to the islands. Yeah. Yep. The islands off the coast of... Uh, Los Angeles County and Ventura County. Yeah. Where they're just like... And Santa Barbara County, I yeah. guess. Whatever. Where the, where the tour guides are just like, yeah, now there's half a mile of water beneath you. Yep. <laughs> you and this is where we can watch whales during the right time of year because they come right through this corridor because it's really deep. Yep. Uh, so he wanders out there and he meets uh, Water Lady. Yes, the same Water Lady from the Missouri River who appeared to him there. Yep. Uh, she still doesn't have a name. Yep. She she has a species yep. that we talk about, so doesn't give her a name at all, uh, but uh, does sound like his mother, so for whatever that's worth. Well, um, he doesn't describe her voice that way in this, does he? Yeah, it is. Uh, a woman's voice like my mother's called. Okay. Um, my mother was a woman. <laughs> Sounds basically the same. Yep. <laughs> uh, but she Don't comes all in. women sound the same? Yep. 
Sorry, let me uh, let's edit that out <laughs> before I get canceled on the internet. <laughs> uh, but now she comes up riding a stallion-sized seahorse. Yep. So she's got a mount. Um, comes up, congratulates him on a job well done for getting here. Says, "Hey, I'm a Nereid. 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 Yeah. Um, you know, we it pronounce was, all of the vowels in Greek. Yeah." Apparently, it was really hard for her to appear in the Mississippi River because, like, Poseidon's powers just kind of stop once the water turns fresh, I guess. I mean, it is. Yeah. Rivers are technically a different domain. The fresh water is different from the ocean, and so it is a different domain. Yes, that said, why did the creek heal him? Yeah. Like, he first realizes his power in fresh water, so, like. Yep. Whatever. And controls fountains, which are not ocean water. Yeah. But, like, uh. Why? Now, that said. Poseidon's power versus the Nereid's ability is a distinctly different thing. The Nereid is an ocean creature, so it's yeah. harder for her to operate in the fresh water. Yeah. Does it say specifically that the river is not Poseidon's domain? Uh, it says, uh, yes, child, I'm a Nereid, a spirit of the sea. It was not easy to appear yeah, so far upriver. Yeah, she's a spirit river. of the sea. Yeah. That's why she has a hard time being there. It's not. It doesn't have to do with Poseidon's authority. It has to do with her her uh, existence as a spirit of the sea uh it says but the naiads my freshwater cousins help sustain my life force they honor lord poseidon they didn't they do not serve in his court so maybe maybe some there's some other minor god of like lakes and rivers who knows we'll talk about that at some point it's probably a son of poseidon (laughs) possibly um maybe that's the the hero's journey that percy ultimately goes on he becomes god of lakes (laughs) by the end of the thing cool um and they have a conversation about his dad a little bit um and she's just like yeah he's been watching you like he is following your journey and he's just like um so why doesn't he say anything and uh she kind of brushes him off and just oh poseidon he's so busy there's a war coming up etc etc and like we we just established two pages ago that like percy's like how can I be the son of somebody who's so powerful they can control all the world's oceans and like Poseidon has this enormous amount of cosmic power but also like doesn't have five minutes to like make a little rainbow call and be like hey Percy by the way doing great she also specifically (laughs) says they can't interfere with the heroes yeah like it's against the rules for the gods to come interfere directly they have to do everything indirectly but is him saying hi interfering Would, would him just being like hey Percy care about you good luck would that be interfering with his uh his journey i mean it would be seen that way because he would be seen to be giving information to percy to help him in his quest which he can't interfere with directly okay i'm just kind of thinking besides kind of a deadbeat dad here but well i mean that's the whole point of the book is that (laughs) they're, they're presenting that like not the whole point but you know that's been presented very heavily throughout the entire book so far yeah uh, and then she kind of uh, throws some shade at him, and she's just like, yeah, no, you're going down to, to Hades' realm, um, and I know you're not really good at anything. <laughs> because, like, these previous <laughs> heroes that went down there all had something really going for them. You don't. So <laughs> She does also say that Houdini has gone to hell, to, yep. to Hades. Apparently. Um, and come back because he could escape from anywhere. I want to know that story. Yeah. I want to know, like... That's the one I want. Why, why is Houdini, like, a, a Greek hero? What was he doing? But um, we list three different um, people who have gone to Hades and what their various gifts were. That Heracles had this great strength, that Houdini had this ability to escape from things. And so we have the other guy as well and his ability. But we have Percy going in with no great strength, no great uh, ability to escape from things. Sorry, this is beside the point entirely, but does this imply that Houdini is actually still alive? It's just like... It's saying that, like maybe he just died and he was so good at escaping he was just like no not, not today not Hades. today death uh, who knows and he comes back <laughs> maybe maybe that's what it means maybe Houdini maybe. shows up later in the series <laughs> um but yeah like that's that's my question there is like this is a valid point like we have seen all of these heroes that have gone to Hades in the in the in the lore mm-hmm. and what they had the abilities that sustained them. And what does Percy have? Like, Percy can control water. Not a lot of that in Hades, probably. Probably not. <laughs> so, like, what powers does Hades, what does 
Hades. What powers does Percy have? That's a great question. Like, and so she tells him, yeah, you don't really have any gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now she uses that word gifts. Now, in the river, she said, don't trust the gifts. Yes. And we questioned, is that the sword? Is that the shoes? Yeah. Like, is that these magic items that they have? The, the two that were actually gifts were the sword and the shoes. Yeah. And she says, don't trust the gifts. Yeah. And then she get then in this conversation, the next time they talk, she says, you don't have any gifts. Well, she also, well, she also says, you have gifts you have only begun to know. Okay. You have gifts you have only begun to know. The yeah. last thing she said was, don't trust the gifts. Yeah. Then she says here that you've got, so it's, and then she gives him a gift. Yeah. When the last thing she said to him was not to, she warned him about the gifts. Yeah. So <laughs> she has gone from being a potential, like, oracle-like figure uh-huh. of, of advice yeah. to now just being a confusing character. Correct. Like, it is completely confusing because she's like, don't trust the gifts. And we're like, all right, they have two gifts. And then she's like, you you don't have gifts. You've, you haven't even begun to realize your gifts. Like, you don't know what your gifts are. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what gifts did you mean before then? And then she's like, here's some gifts. I said the word gifts again. Well, that's, that's my whole <laughs> point is that, like, that's exactly what she is. Like, she is just, that's what she keeps talking about and handling and dealing with. Yeah. Um, but uh, she gives some magical pearls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, hey, if you if you need stuff, break one and then stuff happens. Depends on what you need. It's very vague. Yep. Could be could be kind of anything. Um, tells him not to, you know, lose faith, not to doubt, because Hades is going to feed on that. He's going to trick you. But very specifically says to follow his heart. Yeah. And that line about what Hades is going to do to try to uh, dissuade him. Yes. Is specifically, I want to know, I want to, like, read that section there a little bit. I have it right here if you want me to read it. should probably get to the correct chapter. She says, you must listen to your heart. Um, go with what your heart tells you or you will lose all. Hades feeds on doubt and hopelessness. He will trick you if he can Make you mistrust your own judgment. Once you are in his realm, he will never willingly let you leave. Keep faith. Good luck, Percy Jackson. You must listen to your heart. So when she says, Hades wants you to doubt things, he'll try to trick you away from your own judgment. Mm -hmm. It's in the middle of this confusion over the gifts. And so, like... Now he thinks about the gifts like, oh, like I need to not trust the gifts, but I have gifts and here's gifts. And then he comes back and Annabeth is like, oh, you don't trust gifts. You shouldn't trust gifts because gifts come with a cost. And. Oh, she is also implying that Hades is still behind all this. Yes, because she wants to. She does not want to believe that it could possibly be a Titan. Yeah. She doesn't want to believe even a little bit. Like, she is unwilling to engage with that at all. Well, I was talking about the uh, the Nereid. Oh, the Nereid. Yeah, she's saying, oh, no, Hades is, yeah, you know, he's going to try to trick you, implying that. Yeah, but it's all about the self-doubt thing where yeah. she has already sowed so many seeds of potential doubt just by these conversations about the gifts. That's what I'm saying. Kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. She's, she seems kind of all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and then as she's leaving, he tries to call out and be like, no, wait, what gifts don't you, do you mean, what shouldn't I trust, should I not trust these pearls you just gave me? Those are gifts. And she's just like, yeah, bye, sorry, gotta go. Trust your heart. Important things to go. Um, and that's the, that is the second time he's asked that question and she's completely not answered it. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Because he asked her that the last time. Yeah. So. I guess we'll find out what that means at some point. Eventually. Uh, but then he comes back to the surface. Uh, they're almost out of time. It's getting late. Um, shows the pearls off, and Annabeth is just like, uh, yeah, no, like, there's going to be a price to pay for that. Like, something's something's not quite above board here. Yeah. Like, cool. Um, so then they... Uh, Jump forward, and it says, with some spare chains from Ares' backpack, we took the bus into West Hollywood. So, like, I guess they 
did they lose the credit card or did they give it away who knows yeah it's like that's a plot hole i think um but they go into west hollywood tries to figure out the address of uh where doa recording studios is which is the portal to hades which is the address they got from the medusa yeah from from when they got the uh, coins for the uh, delivery service and when he sent her head back to back to olympus yeah uh and nobody has any idea where this is it's just like yeah this is an address that doesn't exist yes whatever so they walk around and ask a bunch of people where this place is and nobody says yes but then when they wander into some random business it just happens to be somebody who would know where it is this is bothering me Uh uh-huh uh, but first, we pass an appliance store, and we see uh, a familiar figure. Well, and this the, when they got onto the bus, this is why I said bus driver pays just the right amount of attention. Because, uh-huh. like, what bus driver is actually, like, looking at all the people who come into his bus? So, uh-huh. like, we have Percy coming in, and he says, hey, you look familiar. You an actor or something? And he says, no, I'm a stunt double for a bunch of child actors. Yeah. And the guy goes, oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, he saw him on TV. He saw him on TV because he's basically wanted at this point. Yeah. And so when they're walking by this appliance store, the TVs are on, and Percy sees Gabe, uh-huh. Smelly Gabe, um, on the TV at his poker table in his living room with some hot blonde next to him. Yeah. And he's talking to Barbara Walters. Yeah, with with sugar. <laughs> She's got a name. Oh, yeah. Sugar. Is that her name? Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Kristen? No, we're good. What are your, <laughs> do share, some, share some thoughts on that? Go ahead. We're good. Um, but she, uh, he's being interviewed in this apartment about how he's lost everything and his wife and his Camaro and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, his wife and his Camaro. Uh, and uh, Barbara Walters, who... Um, it's dead now, R.I.P. Uh, it, it's, you know, kind of a widely held opinion that, uh, she was kind of a terrible person, uh, and, like, did a lot and was known for doing interviews where, like, she took a lot of jabs at people and, like, purposefully insulted people she was interviewing and stuff like that. Is that a thing? Uh, yeah. Okay. So this is a thing in real life where she's, you know, not the greatest. So this might be, a uh, you know. Some some real early pot shots at her from uh, Riordan here because he's she's portrayed in very uh, not the best light because well, he's just she's like, portrayed as a TV host like getting views. Uh-huh. Well, and she's well, she specifically says, "Is Percy Jackson a delinquent, a terrorist, or perhaps the brainwashed victim of a frightening new cult?" We'll talk to a psychologist <sighs> next. Yeah. Um. So he's still over the news. Like, even if they complete the quest, how he's going to get uh, out from under the thumb of all this is another question entirely. Yeah. Like, he's still going to be, like, a wanted fugitive nationwide, so. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but it's getting dark. They're trying to figure out, you know, where they're going, where to go to find some sort of safety, I guess, get off the streets. Uh, he talks a bit about the difference between New York and L.A. and how L.A. is, uh super big and confusing which yeah, is true it's true it's very different <laughs> new york and la are dramatically different kinds of big city uh-huh like very different yeah uh, la is very confusing I'll, I'll i'll give you that yeah and to try to navigate and get anywhere and new york definitely has this you know like he says a kid could get safely home in new york like he gets from the bus stop home like and it's you can get you know where you can you can know how to do that. Yeah. A kid who's not from there can't. Yeah. Just like he's not from LA. Like a kid from LA could get around where they needed to. They probably wouldn't. They'd yeah. Uber. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Are we Is this I don't want I don't want to say is this a metaphor. Is this a uh what am I looking at here? symbolism is this symbolism is this symbology is this symbolism because we talk a little bit about the difference between new york and la where in new york we have olympus mm-hmm. and la we have the interest to hades yep and so there's some talk here about oh you know this place where olympus is 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 ordered and it's not necessarily safe but like it's understandable and this place is just chaos yeah like this is 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's meant to be <laughs> symbolic in that way. Yeah. yeah. Like of course of course the interest to Hades would be in LA. It's just chaotic. Um then they get approached by a, a group of ne'er-do-wells. Yep. Miscreant youths. Uh, white kids. I'm going to point that out. Yep. <laughs> Specifically. Um, that uh, that are all like, dressed well. It seemed like rich brats trying to play at being gangsters. Yes. Um, he immediately draws his Which, sword. once we know what happens, leads me to believe that they are hired by Krusty to run people into his shop. Yeah. It does make a certain kind of sense, doesn't it? Based on that description and based on the fact that that uh, Procrustus says specifically, lots of people come in here trying to get away from them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't think about that when reading the chapter, but I, I agree. Yeah. Sounds like something old Krusty would do. Yep. Um, but Percy is just like, I'm an uncapped riptide. One of the, I guess the leader of these kids isn't really a... You know, dissuaded by that, draws a knife on him. Which, like, if they're just hired to, like, scare people into this shop, this seems kind of hardcore. Yeah. Just, like, we're going to threaten people with knives. It seems like that's going to go really wrong at some point. But, you know, who said Ken's aren't stupid? Yeah. Not me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And he tries to swing at the kid, and Blade goes right through him. Yep, because he's immortal. Yep. Amortal. He is mortal. Yep. Uh, completely mortal, and, you know, we, we had that warning, like, way back in Chapter 3 or whatever when he first gets Riptide, where Chiron's just like, uh, don't try to use this on mortals, because it's not gonna work. Yeah. So, that was accurate. Uh, hey, look, he trusted in one of the gifts. Yep. And it, and it let him down. Yep. Crazy. Weird. Uh, I mean, not to spend too much, too much more time on the whole gifts thing, but that is kind of the impression that I got with the, the additional information from this chapter is what the Nereid is trying to say is don't trust these things you've been given because like oh, the true gifts are inside you and they have been all along. And she's just going a roundabout way of saying trust in yourself and don't rely on things like the sword or things like Yeah, but then she also else. says trust in yourself and follow your heart like yeah. four times. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so obviously sword doesn't work. They turn and run, and they find a safe haven at Krusty's waterbed palace. Yep. Sure, it's a normal business with nothing uh, nothing shady going on in there at all. Nothing at all. Now, I would think, as the kid who can control water, mm-hmm. I was waiting for Percy to just bust all that water out of there. As was I. This doesn't yep. happen. Yep. I was 100% expecting Percy to just use all the water in that place. One would think. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. I was like, this this chapter is called We Shop for Waterbeds. Percy's going to use waterbeds as a weapon somehow. Like, he's going to, like, smash someone between two waterbed mattresses is what I was expecting to have happen. Would have been a good move. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in a fantasy book, and uh, we have all kinds of contrived stuff, but were there, were there entire stores just for waterbeds still in 2005? Because, like... I feel like they were know. they were very much gone by like the late nineties. Yeah, but we also a... <laughs> make the point here that he um, he looks like he could have walked out of the Lotus Hotel. Yeah, like late seventies, like he's uh, he's definitely past his prime here. Uh, but this guy who they enter, uh, encounter in there, he said uh, he looks like a raptor in a leisure suit, like huge, tall, uh, completely bald, gray, leathery skin. Uh, cold reptilian smile obviously there's something wrong here grover doesn't notice yep grover at no point doesn't notice at no point grover is just like oh hey by the way we should we should run and avoid this dude too and he, he puts up at one point what does it say a, a paw on his hand like a claw or a paw or something like that on his shoulder um maybe I, I, i'm not saying that right. um but he's asking if they're interested in water beds you know obviously uh, and start showing off some um, some different models of waterbeds. Yep. And here's one with some black satin sheets and built-in lava lamps on the headboard, which just sounds like a really bad idea for a number of reasons. Anyway, he's showing off some waterbeds, uh, and it's just like, no, you really need to try these out. It's got a million hand massage. I was trying to figure out how, like... How do you do a massage how, bed how, that's a water, water bed? bed? Yeah, this, that doesn't work unless you wanted to violently vibrate the entire thing. 
Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, hot tubs are just, you know. They are. They are. Maybe there's water jets bed built massages. in. Um, uh, convinces. Uh, Grover just jumps in. He's like, yeah. a million hand massage. Yeah. Grover jumps in. He has to convince Annabeth to kind of get close to one and kind of shoves her onto it. Uh, then snaps his fingers, says some sort of magic word. Ergo, I'm not entirely sure what that means. Okay. But. Uh, it means uh, work. Like if something's ergonomic, it's it's good for, it works for you. It's good for using for work. Uh-huh. Um, ergo. Yeah. Is work. And so he says, go, basically, to it. Cool. Uh, so he says go. Um, go to work. Work. And then we have this uh, this weird scene where the the ropes spring out from the corners of the bed and tie them down. Um. Yes, it's a little weird. I don't want to get too much into it, but just like when we have a scene where like Grover gets tied down to a black satin sheeted waterbed. Yeah, this is it's a little weird. <laughs> now that There's said, some... though, this is exactly what the story of Procrustes is uh-huh. like. He stretches people. He is the stretcher. He stretches them to fit the fit the rack that he puts them on. Yeah. And if it if they are too small, he stretches them until they die and fit. And if they are and he'll hammer them too, like he'll break bones and stuff like that in order to make them stretch. And then if they are too big, he will cut off their feet and then kill them. they will die. Seems pretty gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's who he is. And in the story of Procrustes, he ends up being um, killed by his own method. And it's, it is basically one for one how Percy does this. Yeah. Uh, is this something that is also in the Odyssey or is this just uh, other random mythology? Because before we had the, the whole Lotus Hotel was taken basically directly out of the Odyssey. Was this another? Is it from the Odyssey? When I type in Theseus Odyssey, the first result is Assassin's Creed fandom. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna go with probably not. Yeah, no. Alright. Uh, so Theseus just... is mentioned in both the Iliad and the Odyssey. Yeah. But I don't know if his story is found in there, but he's mentioned in both the Iliad and the Odyssey by name. So yeah, it's another vaguely connected thing, the hero's journey, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um so anyway. Uh, Grover and Annabeth are both, uh, tied down and being stretched to death. Yep. Cool. But for just, just a minute, it felt really nice. Yeah, it would be really <laughs> great if all of these Greek monsters would learn after 2,000, 3,000 years, maybe a different strategy. Yeah. Not just do the same one. Maybe learn to not get tricked into their own traps yeah. You know, maybe, 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 or, or, maybe. Or maybe Percy and Grover and Annabeth would just stumble into, like, a normal store. Yeah, maybe, just, maybe. And not the den of some monster every single place they go. It is kind of accurate, though. That's <laughs> what they do. Yeah. Um, which, again, is the hero's journey. Like, every every island has its own problem that we got to solve. It's a whole, it's a thing. Yeah. Like, I get it's part of the style of the book. It just seems very contrived. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is. It is. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, then Percy's just like, oh, by the way, your name's not Procrustes, is it? And it's like, oh, it's Procrustes, stretcher, and he immediately knows, cool. Uh, and then he goes on about, like, just how great this guy is. Yeah. Like, Percy wants to talk him up, and it's like, you know, hey. Respect what you're doing here, man. Love, doing, <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing great work. Uh, so Percy's getting to talk, being like, oh, how does this work? Like, what do you do? And Krusty, in typical villain fashion, is just like, let me explain my whole evil plan and how I make this happen. Um, Percy acts interested in the, um, the honeymoon special, which is a big heart-shaped waterbed with dynamic wave motion stabilizers. Oh, yeah. He, uh, really, really wants a demonstration of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Basically convinces uh, Procrustes here that it's kind of hard to say. I get it. I get it. Crusty's whole thing about I need a I need a shorter name, uh, but he convinces him to get down in the bed where Percy immediately is just like, "Ergo, apparently this works for everybody." 
anybody who knows the word can make this happen. Yep. That seems like a design flaw in this trap that Krusty should have thought of. It does. Uh, and then gets for Krusty's tied down to the bed. Then he pulls out the sword and without basically any hesitations, uh, just goes and lops his head off. Yep. Uh, makes a few puns first. I think I'll start with the top. Krusty's just like, oh, you drive a hard bargain. I'll give you 30% off of selected floor models. Uh, I don't know. There's at least another pun. I thought there were puns. No, I get it though. I get, I get the idea because it feels punny. It feels like because the way that the conversation goes where he's like, oh, 30% off. I'll start at the top. You know, like it, it feels like it. There's, there's no actual like specific puns. Thanks for supporting my, uh, my memories over here. Uh, anyway, he kills Procrustes, uh, with his own trap. Goes and unties Annabeth and Grover. Uh, says they... that he says it says that he cuts the ropes. Yes. So are the ropes monstrous? Maybe it only works on magical things. Riptide can cut ropes. Or maybe, maybe Riptide specifically can't work on mortals, but works on anything else. So like on just objects, it's fine. Has that been? Has that? It hasn't been established, <sighs> and I feel like it's going to be inconsistent. Maybe could be. Uh, but once they all get out, they conveniently find a bulletin board yep. in the waterbed shop for various, uh, underworld related or, uh, well, just things. divinely related yep. things. It's a monstrous yellow pages, et cetera, et cetera. And then a flyer for DOA recording studios with convenient, uh, hand-drawn map. Hand-drawn map. Yep. So now they know exactly how to get where they're going. Uh, and cool. Yeah. We're going to Hades. We know how to get there now. You want to know what's really crazy? What's that? This is the thing that really got me. What? Procrustus, mm-hmm. traditionally, yes, is a son of Poseidon. Fascinating. Really? Yep. Huh. Huh. Okay. All right. Not with a mortal. Yeah. Not not a hero. Yeah. Obviously, a monster. Otherwise, Riptide, you know. But, yeah. Percy just uh, lobbed off the head of his half-brother. Okay. It's interesting they didn't make anything out of that. Nope. But traditionally, Procrustus is a uh, son of Poseidon. What if that's going to come back at some point? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's he's a monster, so he's being, you know, it's going to be just like the Minotaur or the the Furies, right? Like, he's just going to reform. Yeah. Uh, but they end uh, realizing they're only a block away from the entrance to the underworld. Yep. So, but be... Percy does make the joke, "You look taller." When Annabeth's like, "You should have done that faster. Next time, be faster, please." T. Yeah. Uh, so that's the end of the chapter. Is there anything we missed in there? We All got... of my stuff about the gifts, but no, I think we're good. I think we got what is it? Uh, we've got. We got four chapters left to uh, wrap this whole thing up. Yep, we're almost there. Almost there. Sweet. Cool. All right. Should we move on to our next segment? Absolutely. All right. So our next segment is uh, our favorite sentence. Yes. So what's yours? Am I going first? I'll go first. Okay. All right. Well, my favorite sentence is, the problem was we were hurtling towards the underworld at 95 miles an hour, betting that Hades had the master bolt. Cool. I just liked the idea of hurtling towards the underworld at 95 miles an hour. My favorite sentence is incredibly similar. (laughs) (laughs) Is it the same one? No, it's not the same one. Uh, My favorite sentence is, the cab speedometer never dipped below 95 the whole way through the Mojave Desert. (laughs) Which I liked just because I thought that would be a really good opening line to a book. Yeah. Like open with that. Like that, that makes you wonder. It's going places. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. And cool. <laughs> Did we do a similar rewrite? Uh, well, so I asked you because I was planning to rewrite from the cab driver's perspective. Yeah. And I said, hey, did you rewrite from the cab driver's perspective? And you said, yes. So I changed mine and I'm rewriting from somebody else's perspective. Okay. So not the cab driver. Well, since you've already spoiled mine, should I go first on this one? Why not? All right. Uh, so this is my rewrite from the cab driver's perspective. Crazy. Sorry, I gotta get my, uh, my jaded cab driver voice going. Saturday. About 
12.45 in the early p.m. Most of the city is just rolling out of bed and realizing... Sorry, this is your cab driver, not your, like, uh, private investigator (laughs) voice? This isn't your, uh... Maybe Moonlight's as a cab driver, okay? (laughs) I don't know. Should I start over? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 I just... I just like your voice. Sorry, you can start over if you want. Saturday, about 12.45 in the early p.m. Most of the city is just rolling out of bed and realizing the consequences of their Friday night debauchery. My day begins. These three kids roll into the backseat. Today's already bad. I don't work charity cases. They flash a Lotus card. Now that's something. Seen the building. Never seen the script. I run it, knowing it'll get kicked back down the line. But my God, who are these kids? Maybe their folks are big shots. Gotta be. Ambassadors, CEOs, who cares? They pay, I drive, I don't ask. They want to go to L.A., Whatever. That much cast, I'll drive them to Mars if they want to. They look like they're running from something. I say good luck to them. Now why they say what happens in Vegas stays there? Because most of the time, folks don't know when to leave. All right, all right. So, there you go. There's my... Uh... Yeah. So what I was going to bring up in our discussion and that you prompted by that is... I would have focused a lot more on what he was overhearing of their conversation about dreams and the underworld and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess so. Because they talk about dreams. They talk about going to the underworld. They talk about Hades and the Master Bolt. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I would have written it from the perspective of someone being like, these kids still haven't figured out their lines for this script or whatever it is that they're they're rehearsing back there. Yeah, that's a, that's an angle I didn't think about. Yeah. I just I was too embroiled in my uh my yeah. ready cab driver character. Yeah, your your little noir uh-huh. detective cab driver. Of of my three characters I ever come up with. <laughs> That's one of them. There you go. Alright. Well How about yours, Kristen. Here's mine. Okay. Ah a wandering human. Lunchtime. The boy is fully clothed and breathing. I mean, obviously, I breathe underwater, too. I'm a shark, but... Oh! Oh, he's got Spawn! I can smell the Lord Poseidon's power on him. Well, I guess this is the one the Nereid told me about. Let's see if I can freak him out. Come on, boss man, this way. He can't understand me. Oh, oh, but the petting is nice. Grab the fin. I'll just take you myself. Come on. I, I'm hungry. He finally figures it out. Weird how he can't understand me, but whatever. I drop him off at the edge of this. Sh- uh, I drop him off at the edge of the shore sh- shelf, and we wait together for the lady to arrive. Once she shows up, it's time to eat. Ah, here she is. Job done. Now, what is that over there? Looks tasty. A really, really hungry shark. <laughs> He's a hungry yeah. shark. Kristen might have been a little munchy when she uh, wrote that right. <laughs> right. Was no, that was a post breakfaster. No, that was that. I wrote uh, somewhere in the two hours of what is normally lunchtime for people, and I hadn't eaten anything. Anyway, you you tickled me. Anyway. I'm glad. Cool. <laughs> anyway, there you go. So that's a podcast. The that's the chapter. Any other notes on the chapter? Anything else you wanted to point out? Dig into a little deeper? No, Words we... you needed to remember? No, I think we're good. I think we, uh, we're pretty thoroughly covered. Yeah? Okay. Um, sorry. <clears throat> I have to make a confession. Yeah? You read the next chapter? I did not read the next chapter. Um, I did uh, spoil a very, very minor thing for myself, which I knew was probably going to be a thing anyway, mm-hmm. because my original idea for writing this rewrite from the cab driver's perspective was I was going to have the cab driver be Karen, a ferryman of the underworld. Oh, He's the one that gets people across the river sticks, and I was going to make him Karen uh, in disguise as a cab driver because I thought that was a fun metaphor. Uh, So I looked it up, but uh, Karen is another character in this book. Okay. So 
who is not the cab driver. So you've spoiled that for me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> I just had to be honest about that. <laughs> uh, which I, I was 90% sure Karen was going to show up anyway because they're trying to get to Hades. Yeah. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So clear in the air just in case anybody claims that I have foreknowledge about the, uh, the plot of the book. All right. Why did you look it up in relation to the book? Because I wanted to see if Karen was a character. Okay. Before Why? I, before I before I created another character into Karen who is not supposed to be. But like the whole point <laughs> of doing a rewrite is to alternatively perce- perceive the book's contents. Like oh. it's fine. It doesn't affect okay. it. Whatever. Next time I won't do it. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed chapter 17 of The Lightning Thief. Join us next week as we discuss a chapter 18. Annabeth does obedience school, which is weird. <laughs> I, anyway, <laughs> if you want to interact with us before next time, you can do so at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can send us your fan art of a very hungry shark in the Pacific Ocean at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Oh, you can also support us on Patreon if you're bored at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast. If you have too much money. If you just have too much money. After buying eggs. After. (laughs) Until next time. No, you really don't need a waterbed. (laughs) And if you find a credit card with unlimited money on it, don't give it away. Might come in handy. I mean, we don't know for sure they give it away. Bye. Bye. Participate until you introduce me. I know, so but like... you're like looking at it like you want to get up and go like like check something. No, I'm good. Okay. What are you looking at over there? Nothing. Go ahead. Keep talking. Uh, looking at the history of waterbeds? No. Okay. Realizing... Sorry, this is your cab driver, not your like uh, private investigator. <sighs> yep, because he's immortal. Yep. A mortal. He is mortal. Yep. Uh, completely mortal. Grover Smell. Procrustes? Procrustes? Procrustes. Let's call him Krusty. Chapter 16 of The Lightning Thief. Join us next week as we discuss chapter... I said 16 again. (laughs) You did. This is why married men live longer. That was so much more, that was so much less stressful than it would have been if I was doing that solo. <laughs> yeah, I 100% believe that. <laughs> yes, our next session. Sure thing. Yeah, of course. Um, so our, la- our next segment. All right, so our next <laughs> All right, so our next segment is uh, our favorite sentence.